Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Marvel Guys Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan, and on my left is Spencer. Hey, how's it going? When I say it like that, it feels like, uh, I don't know, I'm leading off with some kind of powerful emotion towards you. Mm -hmm. You say hi, and then I'm like... All right, what's next? Disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like I'm. Cause that's all I say. I'm go. Like, hey, I'm like going? waving Hi. the flag, and here comes Spencer, uh, and like, you're like, hey, texting. You doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, there's a stage, and I just open the curtains, and like it's a big buildup, and you just tripped. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a big buildup, and then I yeah. and, and then it's just a disappointment of me coming out just like waving exactly, <laughs> which is what I love. I'm setting you up for failure at the start of every <laughs> yeah. episode just to throw you off. Yeah, like the Russo brothers always say, paint yourself into a corner. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess they're not painters. Write yourself into a corner. Yeah, and then find your way back. That's right. That's how we ended up with Endgame. Mm -hmm. So today we have a episode, a special episode where we are going to be discussing Captain America 4, and we will be going through some note, uh, news and notes in the Marvel Universe. Mm. So we will start with the news and notes. As always, we want to thank you for joining us today. If you could uh, subscribe to our Apple podcast, leave a review, if you would be so kind, we'd really appreciate it. And give us a like on our Facebook, The Marvel Guys Podcast. It would mean the world to us. So let's get into this a little bit. We've got some news and notes. Uh, it's not too heavy lately. Uh, the very first thing on my mind and a lot of people's minds lately, we've had a couple of people ask about it on our on our Facebook, is the Shang-Chi trailer, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, mm -hmm. you know, Shaylee, uh, <laughs> Tyron Woodley, whatever you want to say here. Um, <laughs> it was released and it, it looks pretty cool. Um, it looks awesome. This will be our first uh, kung fu, you know, mm -hmm. version of uh, a Marvel uh, movie in the MCU. Of course, we had like Iron Fist, the TV show yeah. that's not a part of the MCU technically, and this is also going to be the first Asian American as a superhero mm -hmm. or a hero or however you put that together, whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah. So, what were your initial thoughts when uh, the announcement of this movie first came out, and then? What did this trailer tell you that maybe you weren't sure about uh, going in? Uh, the initial announcement, I was uh, pretty hyped. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't know how it would fit into what we already have right now with the MCU because it seems like everything's kind of going into like this like magical or like space side of things. And I was like, you know, how does this guy fit in? I'm still kind of wondering about that, but I'm sure after after seeing the trailer, I'm like, oh, okay. This totally makes sense. And then, you know, some of the backstory thing from the comics, like, cemented that, like, oh, yeah, this totally fits. And so uh, that was my initial, like, reaction upon hearing that it was being made or whatever. And then the trailer just, wow. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. It gave sure. you those strong vibes of it, this has an identity. Kind of like when the Black Panther teaser trailer first came out, you were like, Oh, this has Ryan Coogler and Kendrick Lamar all over it. Oh yeah, yeah. So the music, the characters that you could tell—that's pretty much predominantly Asian cast. Yeah. Um, it's very cool, and it looks like they are going pretty magic heavy. Mm -hmm. You know, the Ten Rings and everything. You know, there's lions flying through the air yeah. and people floating yeah. on the ground, almost like they're moonwalking. You know, 
Um, it looks really exciting, and I can't wait to get into that because we've talked about this before. There's many different kinds of magic in the MCU, mm-hmm. and this looks like another one that we're going to be introduced to. And some of the shots looked an awful lot like Mortal Kombat, which just came out recently. Yeah. And uh, I I watched it. You watched it. Uh, I think we had similar reactions to it, and you were pretty heavy in uh, praise for it. And I was, uh, it was enjoyable for me. Yeah, we, I think, well, we had similar, but, like, I come from that Mortal Kombat background a little more. So, like, yep. Uh, yeah, there were certain scenes I, like, popped big time for and was, like, man, like, I loved Mortal Kombat. That might be, like, one of my favorite movies I've seen recently for sure. Like, I, I loved it so much. Uh, I knew I got a lot of hate for the main character. Uh for like Mortal Kombat fans but I liked the idea of it um so I I didn't see any problems with that to be honest but I thought that they did a lot of like really good balance of telling a story that is believable for that like uh that universe while also like giving us a lot of like uh fan service at the same time like the leg sweep and stuff like that everybody was like oh you know, it's like the Leo meme. <laughs> like, oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it's so many different things, man. It was, it was an awesome movie. I loved it so much. And like I said, uh, that Shang-Chi trailer gave us a lot of Mar- uh, Mortal Kombat vibes. For sure. And the release date for that is September 3rd. So I was just mentioning, you know, with Mortal Kombat coming out recently, it's almost like Marvel knows how to do really good movies. You know, Mortal Kombat's never exactly been known for great movies. No, no. Um, but it looks like we're going to get some of the exciting parts of that, and it's going to be done by, obviously, the MCU, who is – they got mm-hmm. a formula at this point. So we're going to yeah. get some cool fun kung fu vibes, and we are moving towards a very interesting part of the Marvel Universe very soon. I'm really excited that uh, – I don't know if it's true or not, but Jackson Wang's – participation possibly in like a soundtrack for shang chi is is really awesome too so we'll see where that's one thing i love about marvel is that they always give very big power to people um on the outside who have strong influences within that sort of movie and that Mm -hmm. sort of style so very much looking forward to it uh recently we've noticed that they're starting to cast some of these tv shows a little bit more and the biggest name to come out uh, in the past month or so is uh, Daenerys, Amelia Clark, mm. was cast in Secret Invasion. And there's a lot of speculation as to who she could be. I think me personally, I mean, I, I watched some of Game of Thrones. I know that's like a disaster for some people because for it's like, why people. wouldn't you finish? But, um, yeah, yeah. but I, at least I avoided the final season, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's awesome to get a big name actor at all times. Yeah. And she's, you know, a young big name actor mm-hmm. who has full experience in something else that's similar to the MCU. There's only so many actors outside the MCU that can understand that kind of level of pressure. Um, so I'm excited to see what she does here. Uh, do you have any thoughts on what we might see from her character? Um, I mean... Not really. Not right now. I, I mean, I'm just excited that, once, like you said, we're getting like a huge name actress to be in the MCU. And they're not going to waste it. 
they never do anytime they bring in somebody huge like that like they're gonna be they're, there's gonna be something there you know whether she's like a, a tweener type character or whether she's a villain and it's only for this little thing like they're gonna use that to build build off of yeah and, and that's what's awesome I think there's a good chance she's a scroll as like anybody character cast in Secret Invasion. It seems like scrolls are, are pretty likely for a lot of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's going to be opposite Samuel Jackson. I'm still sh- like mind blown that they got Samuel Jackson to do a TV show. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, wow. Like, what the When's heck? the last time you remember him starring in a right. full fledged TV show? I couldn't insane. believe that they got him for that. Yeah. But insane. you know, he always jokes in interviews like I'm following the money. <laughs> you yeah, know, give yeah, me I, give me the money and I'll be there. He said that about Star Wars as well. Yes. Mace Windu. He's like, you know, if the money's there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Which we need that, man. I can't stress that enough. Maybe. That that would be so cool. They still got they've got that uh we know Disney has the technology to bring him back to the nineties with uh yeah. his face. Yeah. We'll see. It's I, I, uh it's I'm gonna ho- be a fun show. Oh, that would be so cool if they brought him back for Star Wars, but like the grizzled face. If the money's right. That, oh, yeah, the, the money's, money's right. right. Hey. Next we have, so there's been a lot of talk from the show creators of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and one of the common questions was like, what was Doctor Strange and Spider-Man doing the entire time during this fight in New York? Yeah. And quite simply, it sounds like Kevin Feige uh, – kind of put the the axe you know on any idea of using other characters because he didn't want to start incorporating characters places they didn't need to be just because it would make sense in the physical world so to me this just shows well for one you have to pay a guy to be in a tv show it's not like hey grab tom holland he's free Mm -hmm. it's not normal and i mean you're talking about benedict cumberbatch who's one of the highest paid actors on the planet Mm -hmm. so for that matter it's not likely but also in the show they can't just always team up all the time i think there's Mm -hmm. a sense of responsibility as a superhero that you won't always have backup you know so this was their time their story and I i agree with the decision both logistically and with the show that it would make more sense if you know falcon and and winter soldier well i guess neither of those apply anymore right Right. captain america and uh bucky if they're you know cleaning up their own mess yeah i mean it's just you know it's one of those things i guess they do in the comics which is why you know fans are maybe on the other side of that of saying well oh that would have been cool to see them in the background like not even hear their voices or anything just see something happen in the background of the of what's going on in a certain scene that doesn't take away from that scene but you see it and you're like oh that's actually spider-man and doctor strange in the background you know maybe it's just for like a second it'd be cool it'd be cool but like in a way that's still kind of taking away from that story in a, in, in, in a weird way because now people are going to be like oh well did you see this yeah and it takes away from maybe sam's speech or something which would have been one of those places where they probably would have put it would have been maybe during sam's speech or like directly right after it yeah so yeah i wouldn't have i, I don't think that that's a good idea to 
to do that either. And there was no bigger threat. I mean, they they did what they needed to do. Yeah. Uh, Carly was going to die at the hands of Sharon regardless unless they got ahead of this isn't like minority report where they can just yeah. take people based on what they think will happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with the position that they hold. Uh, Russell Crowe confirmed that he's going to be Zeus in Thor uh, Love and Thunder. That's big. That's exciting. It's very exciting. Uh, I, once again, a, a massive actor. I was going to say it's the yeah. MCU. We're so spoiled. Emilia Clark and Russell Crowe are yeah. just like casually walking into the MCU. Right. After Christian Bale was announced. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just, it's a train of very good, good actors. Yeah. And implications. We say this a lot on this show, but implications of it's our the, third the God. Zeus character. Right. Well, um, third Greek god, I should say. Yeah. Or Roman. Don't, don't, Dom, don't get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not sure which. Nordic god. That's what it is. Yeah. The, yeah. Those two are Nordic. Norse and mythology, then, yeah. yes. Um, what's, what's interesting about it is, you know, you have implications for Ares now to be in the MCU. I'm excited. Uh, and, and Gore being there, it, it just, it adds so many different layers. And with, the implication that Ares could be involved in the MCU. Now you're getting into dark Avenger territory, possibly with like century coming in at some point. And whenever they do decide to do the X-Men, now you can have Dakin and all these other characters. And it's, it, uh, this, this adds a lot to that movie and the rest of the MCU going forward. I think this gives me points because on my, character i'd most like to see list i had hercules so yeah <laughs> we're getting yeah. closer right uh, and, and at the time which was like four months ago that seemed silly you know like yeah. there was no connective tissue to get to hercules and now we just have one of the gods and you know i think that's his father i think son <laughs> i'm not sure i can't remember what aries i need some help with it's, my it's aries gods. zeus and uh hercules and they're all somehow like directly correlated with each other, like related. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, <laughs> right? <kind> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Zeus, so, Zeus like birthed half of the, the yeah, gods for real. It's crazy. Yeah, that dude is a player. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm super excited. I mean, first of all, getting Russell Crowe cast as the character oh. Zeus. I yeah, mean, how dude, cool I mean, is that in general? Amazing. But now we have Chris Hemsworth, Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. And uh, Russell Crowe, along with Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. Oh my gosh, dude! What a cast! You kidding me? What a cast! And to think we came from Thor: The Dark World. Yeah. To one film later, setting up this. Yeah, and unbelievable. That is awesome. Unbelievable. And by the way, creeping up my list of movies I want to see on this next phase. Yeah. Or in this next phase. Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of Thor, uh, Jeff Goldblum was seen. Mm-hmm. With the stars of Thor Love and Thunder, which speculates maybe he will be coming back to the series somehow. Now, he's the Grandmaster. He kind of sees all. Mm-hmm. He's very powerful. He's arguably like a top five most powerful person in the MCU, even though he's portrayed as a bit of a clown. His yeah. powers are pretty crazy. Yeah. Kind of celestial. Yeah. Um, so there are ways, certainly, that he could find his way back into the MCU, or maybe he's just filming a scene. But nonetheless, I have a rule... If Jeff Goldblum's in it, I'm watching. I watch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's the man. Exactly. I will watch interviews with Jeff Goldblum as a hobby. Yes. Don't get it twisted. Jeff Goldblum's <laughs> the man. I, I love, love him. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, he's awesome. 
Yeah. I love the dude. Um, what was it? Pinch poke, you owe me a Coke. Was that the thing? Pinch poke, Jinx, me, pinch poke sounds, you owe me a Coke. Anybody out there know what I'm talking about? That sounds familiar. I don't know. Everybody has a different Jinx thing. We all, we all it's territorial. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a dialect. There's someone out there that gatekeeps the, the Jinx, yeah. too. Uh, that's like, not that's the Jinx. That's not right. <laughs> that's not my Jinx. <laughs> yeah. Not now, not ever. Yeah. It's New Jersey. Right. Not, Wait, no, do your Dumbledore? No. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, maybe a Randy Savage oh, at the end man. of the episode. We'll get to that, maybe. That- oh, boy. So, yeah, Jeff Goldblum, if he's in Thor, it can't, I don't mean, come on. That that. How would they ever get any work done with that cast? Oh, that'd be insane. Hilarious. Speaking of quality, oh, no, I can't. I literally can't. Yeah. I have no clue. But, like, the marketing tour for that? Oh. I, come on. Be lots of jazz music. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Freeman is returning to Black Panther. Mm. This is significant because he's been in the series for quite a while now. Yeah. Which is another amazing thing. They just get these great actors and they just lock them up. It's incredible. Um, but it's that's important because we don't know anything about Black Panther 2. Like yeah. nothing except we know that Namor was once pretty much supposed to be the villain. And that was about all we knew at that time. And they've rewritten that script. Yeah. So we don't know anything. So we have to build it by the cast. And all we really know is that the previous cast will be in it. And that's all we're guaranteed right now. We've speculated that Namor is going to be the villain. And I'm 95% sure he was in the original script. We'll see if they keep that. Yeah. I would think so because that's a big part. You'd have to be moving around. The MCU has implications years down the road. Mm. So... I would think that's the same, but Martin Freeman returning, uh, good actor. Uh, he's been a big part of the MCU so far, and it's good to see him back. Yeah, a big part of the, the Hobbit franchise as well. Um, Absolutely. And did such a great job there as well. And it, like you said, it's so cool that they get like these big actors to play like it's not even role. massive roles. Yeah. <laughs> like They get like minuscule roles, and they just lock them into years of, of work. I mean, Claw yeah one of the greatest actors of all time for what he's brought to the table again they got like black it was black panther and the two white guys from the (laughs) hobbit series (laughs) like i I don't know man it's kind of funny it is it's but it's awesome it's so cool uh i'm genuinely happy to see him back because he actually kind of fit in with the dynamic especially late in the movie yeah i mean he helped them save wakanda from being overtaken by killmonger yeah pretty cool and she uh leticia right uh shuri mm. I, I love how i'm just like you, i do this all the time now i just i don't even know if it's that it's just like yeah i guess uh, like i know too much sometimes <laughs> yeah. like there was uh I, I was talking about a tv show with, with a friend the other day and literally i kept calling oh stranger things and i kept calling oh, them Billy by their Bobby real Brown? names yeah i just yeah i was like gayton and caleb and <laughs> and all these things and i just couldn't remember which name was their real name and which one was the tv name so it's throwing me off <laughs> um so that's that's it for news and notes i think we did pretty well there because i'm super excited to get into our next yeah. topic this is captain big. america 4 yeah we just spent a month and a half on and by the way, everybody, uh, there is a Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode out today. It is not one of the TV shows. However, it's kind of like the making of, just like they did for WandaVision. So if you're interested, check that out. Um, I know I'll be watching it. Uh, I didn't prioritize it because, you know, I got work in this. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to check it out either tonight or tomorrow. 
uh, should be good, some, some good stuff and might show you a little bit of the, the way they wrapped up, which could tell us some some, some clues as to why it was as it was, mm. if they'll let us behind that curtain. Right. Um, so Captain America 4, I guess let's talk about what we know, right? Because yeah, yeah. we don't know how to build a movie beyond what we already know and then going from there. Yeah. So Sam Wilson is Captain America. Mm-hmm. As far as the world is concerned, I suppose. Yeah. Because he has made radio waves. He was on TV. That seems to be legitimate. However, we did not see a scene at the end of the series acknowledging him as Captain America. I don't know if that's just because they didn't have the time to do it or if they might be creating a rift between him and the government in the future. Do you think there's some validity to my concerns there? Uh, Yes and no. Uh, I think that he's like firmly cemented as Captain America now. Uh, just we don't have that scene that really pulls that together but I don't think in a way I don't think you really need that I, in a, if I think if they added that scene and it's maybe why they cut it out or just didn't do it is just because it's kind of heavy handed like I would rather have it uh, implied that like yes he is Captain America and instead of having this whole like glorification type scene of them just like bestowing it upon him yeah like it's a little too heavy-handed for me but um yeah i think uh i think he's cap and i don't think i don't know that there would be any kind of rift with the government as of now that's that's the thing is as of now is interesting because do you think maybe throughout the movie they won't completely trust him and they'll be doing their own thing to slowly undermine him? Or do you think maybe no. there's just a natural rift that will come because that happens with any superhero in the government? I, I think it would be a natural thing, but also with Sharon yeah, comes the wild card. a lot of different things too. Because if Sharon's able to get inside the government and we know that Hydra was inside of S.H.I.E.L.D. all this time for years and years and years, oh, what else man. is going on? So... Yeah, I, I, there's always going to be an element, I think, of that, which is always cool about Captain America, um, whether it's Steve Rogers or Sam Wilson. How much matter, can you so. trust what you're seeing? Yeah. And, and sometimes... And who can you trust? <laughs> yeah, and, and sometimes people that are like Steve and Sam that are genuinely good people... Get taken you, advantage get of. Get taken advantage of. There's That's stuff going on behind the scenes. How... Here's my question that's going to be very integral i believe to the series or the movie is who figures out the other person first does sam realize sharon is playing him before she realizes he realizes she's playing him you with me yeah i'm with you um <laughs> because if if he she knows he's a nice guy and yeah. she's going to continue taking advantage of that but if he can turn that around on her and know what she's doing and then use his niceness you know how far i can go with this um that would be very interesting because if she just just takes advantage of him the whole time then she can do some serious damage but if he starts maybe throwing her off course a little bit you know there could be something there of course she has her own position within the government so she doesn't need to rely on him but i think it'll be a bit of a race to see who can figure out the other person's real story first yeah and i think that that 
that could either happen at the very end of Captain America 4 or we might not get that for maybe if they do a trilogy like they did with Steve's character uh, we, that might be something that gets shoved off in, into the into like future movies or something um, because that is the most important storyline going in as of now because we don't really know anything other than that like you said we're kind of building from like what we already know and those are two things that we know. <laughs> That's like pretty much the only two things that we know that are really big that could, you know, you can develop a storyline off of. So um, I, I think the most interesting thing for me is what exactly the big bad of that whole movie is going to be. Right. You know, are we going to get aim? Uh, In that case, there's probably a leader, though. Yeah. Is there going to be, and this is something, all right, so this is something that people would probably think of, but I'm going to put 0% chance on right off the cuff. And Zola. Zola. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would say uh, John Walker being in Captain America 4. I don't think it happens. I don't think it happens. I think they're going to build something off of him. Uh, it's possible that he maybe gets like a scene. But he's not going to be a prominent. I don't think that's possible. I think, I think he's either not. he's significantly involved or he's not at all would yeah. be my take. Yeah, same. So um, I think they're going to do something else with him. Maybe a, a TV series, Dark Avengers, or like a movie. I don't know. But I agree. It might. It's going to – you know what? If Contessa is in Black Widow, as most have said, and her sister becomes kind of an agent of Contessa's mm – Mm-hmm then that would lead towards us perhaps getting a dark Avengers. Yeah. Um, Which judging by Thor love and thunders cast. Now you're, you're adding a lot of things into the future with dark Avengers. That could be, you know, huge. I mean, just like you were talking about Hercules being on what you wanted to see. I think uh top three people that I wanted to see. And that was uh like century. Yeah. You did put century. So, I, man, it's amazing how quickly that things in the MCU can go from like, wow, maybe one day to like maybe around the corner. Now. Right. Maybe 20 years from now, 25 years from now. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> this could be a lot sooner than we originally thought. So, wow. Yeah, it's wow. pretty cool. Yeah. So as far as what we know, we know Sam is the Captain America now. We know Sharon has infiltrated the government and is reporting to somebody or telling somebody as their uh, boss. So that speculation is going to continue. Your best shot, your best guess is AIM as of now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it seems like... So here's the interesting thing. When we did the preview for the series of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you were adamant about Hydra not being involved and they were not even mentioned. Yeah. Like, not at all. Um so that is either purposeful to put them in the shadows for now to potentially bring them back one day, or it's a, a, we are done with Hydra and you may see them once in the future, but they're not the villains moving forward kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure which one it is at this point, but it feels like it's, it's the right time to get a new villain for yeah. Sam to deal with. Cause I think they want to stay true to the Captain America story while being as different as possible. 
Well, you want to because you want to tell a yeah. different story entirely with with the two characters, and I think they've really done an excellent job so far with you know the show. Um, it's just how do you continue to create stories that are different from the other, and you know then we're getting into that territory if you bring an aim where it's almost too similar. Like I'd like to see aim, but at the same time, how similar is that to Cap's first movie? Yeah. With it, with Hydra. And like, if they bring aim back for the second movie, if they do a second movie with him, I mean, it would just kind of be like too similar to Steve's story. So in that regard, um, what I think, and, and this is where we, this is what we do all the time, right? We speculate and we go out <laughs> way out right. here, and then yeah. we draw it back in. We have to. So, like, I think the draw it back in phase for me would be that she that Sharon is the power broker, right? Um, and maybe Torres becomes actually somewhat of a villain, given the powers from Sharon. Um. And also, you know, maybe some other villains come into the picture in this movie. I just think that, like, like we said, I, I think that they want to make this as different from Steve as possible while also kind of referencing it and keeping Steve relevant and keeping that legacy relevant, but at the to. same time not not making Sam's story that closely related to Steve's, telling his own story. So... As much as I'd like to see AIM, I just, I, I almost wouldn't want to at the same time. Okay. Given that, what's, if you have one, what would be maybe a, a little bit of a pie in the sky villain? Because, again, we keep saying these things are, like, crazy, and then all of a sudden it becomes a lot more realistic. So, if you saw perhaps a, either a story or a villain that you could, you could write in as, like, tops... Or, or just something you could see, where would you kind of go towards? Is there a villain that comes to mind, or is there a story that maybe you'd like to see from the, the Sam Wilson Captain America that could lead into something that would resemble a bad guy? Uh, and that's a loaded question. It is, but it's 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 a fair question for sure. Like, I don't know that it's... Once again, I feel like the big... The big idea would be something like Modoc or, or something like that, mm -hmm. obviously. But you know how closely related is that whole situation to just Zola and, and Hydra, and not that there's a problem with that. Like if they tell that yeah. story, there's not a problem with that because they can make Aim and Modoc their own separate things, which they are. It's not like they're a complete ripoff of Hydra. Like they're not. So, um. But what I'm saying is like the the theme and the like the parallels there are just a little bit much. Yeah. So as much as I think Modoc would be like the leading candidate for that whole series as like a bad villain for like a, a four, five, and six movie type series, I don't know that there's anything else at the moment I can really think of. Um. Obviously, other than Sharon being a power broker. Um, Batrock's still running around. Yeah. Oh wait, no, he died. No, he died. Yeah. So uh, ah, I think I forgot he died. It's tough. It's only been man. like a week. <laughs> yeah. Sharon yeah. took care of that. 
Yeah. Um, Here, here's maybe an important question that goes along with whatever the answer to this is. Why did Sharon want Sam dead? Or do you believe she made that hit knowing Sam would be able to hold his own long enough until she could get there to kill the, the evidence? I think it was a desperation move. I think she actually did want Sam dead. Um, and I think the reason for that is potentially because she just wants it's almost like the joker in a world in a way of like wanting to see the world burn it's kind of similar to carly Uh um in which she knows sam's intentions and she knows that if he's captain america then the idea of another avenger team coming into play and all of these other things happening i mean let's look at the real reason that she like really lost her job in the first place. And all of those other things started happening was because of Hydra was because of Steve and because of all these other things that are going on purely based on that, the fact of Captain America existing, like, so it's maybe one of those situations where she's like, yeah, if we kill him or if I kill him or put a hit out on him and he no longer exists, he's out of the equation. Then there's, this other Captain America running around in uh, John Walker, who is like sociopath and is going to ruin his own future by himself. So yeah, I think that killing Batrock was maybe a desperation move just to cover her own intentions. Um, yeah. When he which threatened I think is a, to expose what she had been doing. Yeah. So I, I think that that was clever writing for me for sure I'm trying to find an angle because it it seems like Sharon is going to be the thorn in Sam's side for the first half of the movie at the very least Um, unless she appears before that which is possible Um, but who is she working with that's you know who was on the other end of the phone call and is that important because it's possible that it was just some flunky henchman that she's just speaking to hey get the trucks ready mm-hmm. <laughs> you know come pick up weapons um but if she's reporting to somebody bigger then what is it like we would have never guessed the fake mandarin being the yeah. semi-villain for iron man 3 like there's realistic um you can be unrealistic with your realistic guess and and still be close mm-hmm. so i'm trying to find that balance um i think my thing with it is I don't think that I don't think that we really see Sharon maybe at all for the first half of the movie. Like at all. And if she's even in Captain America 4, it would be at the very very end. And I think that that would be the big reveal of her being behind whatever has kept Sam busy. And maybe that's like the wrecking crew or something like that where like they're brought in given powers from the power broker. I mean, yeah. once again, they pull from source material, but you can tell your own story with that. So maybe, maybe she gave those four guys the powers and abilities needed to try to kill Sam. And thus you have the wrecking crew and that's, what's been keeping him busy. And then maybe you have Bucky come in and help, uh, you know, then you have Torres maybe getting his first scene as Falcon, something like that, to help out as well. Um, so, yeah, I think 
once again, I mean, possibilities are endless. We 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 don't know much at all. That's why it's so exciting. It's so exciting. There's nothing yeah. to build on except what we do know, and all we really know is who's what. Right. Um, and we're pretty like Sharon was the power broker last time we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this that slight speculation of like, well, is she really power broker? Or is right. it just like a cover? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, how much does Chris Evans maybe factor into this yeah. whole thing? Is there going to be like here's here's what we should be asking first. And this is the hardest question to answer. <laughs> what is Sam's journey in the movie? Because if you know the journey, you mm. can build the story and build the characters around it based on what he needs to happen. Yeah. So his journey in this previous one was learning the history of the Captain America moniker and what it means for him to now step into it and having the courage and the conviction to become Captain America. That was his story in the TV series. Mm. Now, what is his next pattern? So I guess the next pattern we kind of look at history, right? Yeah. Let's go back to the first movie for the Captain America. It was Chris Evans finding himself as Captain America mm-hmm. and finding purpose through being a soldier. And then he was dropped into the ice and ultimately was told back in the day by the doctor, always be true to who you are because that is where your power source is. Mm -hmm. So he comes out and in Captain America 2, it was I need to be true to myself and rescue my friend that's basically trapped in a trance. I have to fight my friend to get him out of his own body pretty much. And he spent the entire movie trying not to kill his friend that wants to kill him. So... Could we maybe see some parallels with that in Sam needing to, and this would make more sense than anything because Sam is a true empath, if Sam needs to rescue somebody else uh, through his own actions, and we know Sam is not fond of killing people um, unless they're in helicopters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so through his journey in the second movie, if it's anywhere related to what Chris Evans' Captain America had to go through, Steve Rogers, then we may see a story that parallels him with somebody that is of similar skill and technique Taurus. that he has to, yeah, and he has a long history with, which would inevitably, inevitably be Torres. Yeah. I think so, so maybe Sharon tricks or takes Torres <laughs> and turns him into her own monster, mm-hmm. which basically can be seen as, a positive because the government would say hey he's a soldier he's he's got all this you know weaponry and Sharon's in charge of him and she's mm-hmm. great and then they notice maybe he's the missions he's doing aren't turning out so well mm-hmm. <laughs> something related to that and then we have this story where uh Sam has to rescue Torres from himself and mm-hmm. you know that's I don't know but it's you have to build something with something and and I have nothing so I'm trying something <laughs> That's probably actually that, that that actually might be one of the most likely storylines for Captain America Four. That was uh, fun. Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't know what I was saying when I first started my sentences, but the more I talked about it, the more it the more sense. it made sense to me. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I completely agree with that. Uh, but as I said too, is it too similar? Are are you kind of? boxing the Sam Wilson character into just basically being Steve Rogers 2.0 or are you you, or yeah go ahead do you go into like a direction of like okay 
he was learning the history of Captain America and all these things and then becoming, you know, a, a black man becoming Captain America and how yeah. impactful and important that is to now maybe now he's maybe got to reel it back in Captain America four because whoa, what did I get into? Yeah. Because maybe something very impactful happens or maybe uh, a sister becomes threatened. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's, there's so many different ways you can go, but I think that that, uh, that's, I think what I want to see. We'll, we'll, we'll go there. His sister being his family. No, no, no. Just what I overall want to see from Captain America four is just, Something original to Sam Wilson. Yeah. Not like, not something that's too similar to the Falcon or to Captain America, the Winter Soldier or anything like that. Like just something that's like a storyline that is unique to what we experienced in the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show. Like, um, you know, just kind of picking up where everything left off and going from there. Because, like I said, I just don't want to see them box that character in to being something that he's really not. Because so far what we've seen is that he's a lot different than Steve Rogers. While there is a similarity, there's also a com- like completely different side to Sam that you would never get from Steve. And I think for Captain America 4, they have to build upon that to s- further separate the two characters in saying that while both are Captain America, this is what one has to offer that the other one would never be able to offer. So, like, you know, we saw Steve Rogers lift Mjolnir, you know what I mean? Like, we might not get that with Sam Wilson, but, like, we might get something even cooler from Sam Wilson down the line that's like, whoa, that's so neat. But that's also unique to who he is. So, yeah, I... That's ultimately what I want to see from the movie. Yeah. My secondary question would be, do they double down on Sam's story from the TV show in that is there pushback from either the government or the population of the United States? Um, Because if there is, then that presents its own storyline because that can be built quite easily with him having to navigate – the realities of being Captain America because Chris Evans Chris Evans kind of got it easy mm-hmm. because he was Captain America for a very short time during the war and then he came back out of the ice with precedent like yeah generations of people who adored him when he did absolutely nothing in 2009 I think um, to really deserve a whole lot of admiration um, and I love Steve Rogers, but he just kind of walked into a, a world where like even Colson loved him. He traded, mm-hmm. he collected his cards. So Steve is going to have to build up that cachet with people. And the trust with superheroes is not there <laughs> right now, because remember, I, there's limited knowledge with what happened with the blip. And so people aren't really sure uh, or don't know what all these superheroes gave up to save them. Mm-hmm. And they're still not that far removed if they got blipped from the Sokovia Accords. So there's still mistrust in superheroes, and I don't know if they're going to play that out on screen, but you know, as people who kind of evaluate the Marvel Universe, there is still mistrust in these superheroes. And the faces of it 
uh, Tony Stark and uh, Thor and uh, Steve Rogers and Bruce Banner are all kind of done, you know, gone from Earth right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Bruce is just like walking around taking pictures with people. (laughs) Um, But Thor is, you know, going out to space and uh, Steve's on the moon and (laughs) Tony is uh, in a lake or something. Uh, So, you know, what's left is these people to blame, I guess. Yeah. And we still have not seen a like long term backlash from the the blip itself because we're still only like months from the blip i'm not really sure exactly where we're going to be yeah but it's just i'm really intrigued to see how sam deals with being captain america and if that's the storyline or if he's established and he moves moves forward with just the next plot line because that's a big deal one thing that i think we haven't really talked about that kind of answers that question kind of like very loosely answers that question. But one thing that we haven't talked about is all these other TV, all these other TV series that are going on. Right. So like you talked (laughs) about Bruce Banner, you talked about Tony Stark, you talked about Steve Rogers. Uh, There's also Clint Barton, right? His, we, we already kind of, yeah, that man should be in prison that he's (laughs) passing a mantle though. He's passing a mantle yes, to Kate is. Bishop. Yes. We know that like there's other players that'll be involved, you know, we're going to have She-Hulk, we're going to have all these other things. Maybe, just maybe, like we get this story where like he struggles of being Captain America for a little while, but once he finds that groove, then they're building towards like a new Avengers type thing where he's like showing leadership in like building something together to fight maybe what Sharon is building or like maybe the real power broker is building to be a foe yeah. for takeover, like complete takeover of the government or whatever. So that could be a whole storyline as well. And know? what has Captain America always been in the MCU? The leader. He's always been that guy. The series Captain America. What has it always been for the MCU? I'm not sure what I'm... It's always the catalyst of some bigger event. Yeah, that's true. And it always has multiple characters. First Avenger. It's... Civil War. It always, always leading leads to something. to something. Yeah. So if they're keeping that, which I think that they would, because again, Captain America is their biggest moneymaker right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if that continues. And I just think we may be even underselling it at this point what the story can be mm-hmm. because it could have Nick Fury. It could have, you know, whoever their next black widow is going to be. And don't take that the wrong way. Just like the person who would fulfill that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Clint Barton and like, who are these supplemental characters that always elevate? Like we always talk about one-on-one fights and Captain America would be like, in the lowest tier of the MCU of one-on-one fights with other people. Mm-hmm. But when you put Captain America in a situation where he can uh, lead other people, that I mean, whole group that's where, yes, better. Right. the sum of its parts is worth more mm-hmm. than the parts by themselves because of Captain America's leadership. Yeah. And so when we see a Captain America movie, I think it's important, except for the one origin story that we got, um, you know, back with first Avenger, it's a conglomerate of superheroes. Mm-hmm. So 
I think I think you may be onto something there with yeah. a potential Dark Avengers versus uh, New Avengers. Sam's right. Avengers. Yeah, whatever they call that one. Um, I could definitely see that because it, it seems like more than Steve Rogers, Sam is always looking to help people who need it and who who's more vulnerable in this world than kids yeah you know so he would be able to relate or or maybe he can take over a military division and mm -hmm. help with you know people who are retired and give them tech suits and you know have a new team or something yeah there's there's possibilities and don't forget we have armor wars coming out with um war machine war machine and sharon carter could have an impact in that one as well because that's i mean armor wars she's starting an armor war by saying we're stealing their armory yeah so who knows i think that's the most important thing to look at too is what do we know about the timeline of things going forward before we get to captain america 4 like dude there's potential that like we could have a full like roster of people that could be a factor in captain america 4 you know we're, if we're talking about the new avengers you could have kate bishop involved you could have uh uh, what's her name? Jennifer uh, Walters. Uh, you could have uh, Wiccan and Speed from the Scarlet Witch, uh, like area of the MCU. Uh, I mean, you could have so many different things going on that add to a team being built. Because I think that that's while I while I just said that I didn't want things to be too similar. That's always going to be a goal. I think within Marvel is creating groups and how they work together, the dynamics and how things are different between those groups, because it's different characters with different stories to tell. Um, and so like having a new Avengers type thing, you know, we talked about black Panther earlier, you know, have Shuri or Mbaku, whoever you want as black Panther being involved in this new group. Uh, yeah. You have the implications of the Fantastic Four being brought in possibly before we get to Captain America Four. Yeah, we don't we don't know like, we don't know any clue right. like, about timeline. Yeah, so I think that that's ultimately what's crucial to me is what's coming before we get to Captain America Four. Yeah, because I don't think they would have released that information that they're going to be doing a movie Captain America Four movie if they didn't already like have something laid out. For it. Yeah, they almost always put together a structure. Yeah, because they literally released that news, like what a day, like literally. It was the like day seven of. hours after they released the episode. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm for sure thinking that it's uh, we're probably gonna get Captain America four really soon. Then, um, we we definitely could, and you know how we were just talking about how quickly they put these movies together. Mm-hmm. Um, like Ryan Coogler has not as far as we know, released the script to his actors. So, yeah. And it's it's for July next year, like one year away. Yeah. And the amount of editing that goes into a Marvel film, let alone Wakanda, who's completely CGI. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Um, so I just lost my train of thought. I just went like super ham. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Oh, yes. Marvel's not dumb. No. Uh, Avengers is gone. They need their cash cow. Yes. So putting the the word Avengers or something that is a, a big group movie is not far off. Like, that's not far off. Mm-mm. There's no way they're going to wait more than two, maximum three years to get one of those movies out of here. Yeah. 
because that is where they're going to make their, you know, big time money. They make plenty of money off Captain America, off Iron Man, off Captain Marvel, Black Panther, but they make the big bucks with their Avengers movies. Well, the argument, I guess, to that would be, do they need it? Yeah. Because when you have Fantastic Four, Marvel's first family coming out, you know that's coming. When you have the rights to the X-Men, I mean, sure, they need you could do a team-up movie. I'm not saying it has to be Avengers. Yeah, but they got to put people together. But you're right in that if they put people together, you have. I think you have to have the Avengers name branded on it somehow. It would help. I think Dark right. Avengers, Young Avengers, it, it makes Avengers, sense because something. you still have to get the casual viewer. Yeah. And because that that's where you go from 1.2 to 2.5. Yeah. Billion. Well, and, and the <laughs> thing. a lot of money. The thing is, too, is what are they, what would they even name it? Because do you, do you keep it comic relevant and you say that it's the, the new Avengers or the young Avengers? Or do you go to a different route? Because if you make it the new Avengers, do you turn away fans because it's the new Avengers? No, and I don't people think are like, so. Oh, what is this BS like ripoff of what the Avengers once were? Which I don't think that's possible because the Marvel fan base is kind of unique. Like, it's one thing if it's like Star Wars was to do something like that. Yeah. Oh, the, the, like that fan base is already divided as it is. Yeah. But with this fan base, it seems like maybe, maybe they, maybe we are getting into like a new Avenger territory or. New generation of fans, too. Yeah, yeah. So, And as we've stated before, if they get into Young Avengers, which Disney Plus is kind of building right now, mm-hmm. um, you're going to have all these kids who stayed home watching you know, these TV shows through the pandemic and then you know, into the next couple of years that are going to be interested in these teenage superheroes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're going to be 13 to 16 years old and they can go out to the the theater and see these things um you know without having to leave halfway through because they they're tired or something which Um, is ironically the exact age that we were when we got iron man one and all those other films coming forward like (laughs) but no that's the goal right high school uh 10-year reunion is next year for me and this year this year for me crazy which i'm not uh, I don't know that I'm really trying That's to That's like go the to Avengers, that. you know? It's the <laughs> team up film. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I really believe that they're building towards something bigger and it's all in the trailer. If if you show people who it's, who's gonna be in it. I mean if you put Letitia Wright, Sam Wilson, Tom Holland, and Doctor Strange in a movie, like I'm sorry, people are gonna go see it. Oh, I don't care yeah. what it's called. Yeah, it could be it called. Matter. You don't want to see this movie, and I'm gonna <laughs> press the red button and yeah. escape and go see that movie. Yep, I'm not <clears throat> not messing around. This is serious. So, this is serious. Yes, it, it's it's very important that I see this film that I just created in my brain. I'm actually <laughs> quite ex- excited to see it now. Yeah, um, and, you know, and I just can't wait. Not to get completely off, but it just popped in my brain, and I just had to blurt it out. Yeah. We've gotten like trailers, right? For obviously Black Widow, we've get, get, been getting, we, we've al- almost already seen the movie already, uh, but we got trailer for Shang Chi. Uh, we're getting a lot of info about Spider Man. Yep. Thor. There's literally no news about Eternals. 
and that's Nothing. supposed to be coming out this year. I think it's finished, and that's probably why. I, I don't know if they're waiting on the trailer. Yeah. Um, maybe because they're nervous about the release date, and right. they learned their lesson with Black Widow. Um, notice how we don't have a trailer for anything that's beyond, um, like, Shang-Chi, I guess. Yeah. But Shang-Chi is kind of unique because, like, it's coming out in five months, and this is the first we've ever heard anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're being very secret about everything because if they need to push it back, then they'll push it back. Mm-hmm. Like, we could have gotten um, a teaser probably for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I'm guessing they might have started with, you know, some stuff and then just stopped. I, I don't know that for sure, but they, they, they don't need much to put together a teaser. In, in fact, most teasers include a lot of, like, past footage, too, if it's a series. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think The Eternals is, is on track, but anything could be pushed back at this point. Yeah, for sure. With these dual releases, we've been lucky. Um, thankfully, we're getting both Disney Plus and theater because I don't want to spend 30 bucks to watch Black Widow, you know? No. So that, we'll be no, able to head that, to the theater and our local town, our, our town is open enough. <laughs> um, can't I just can't wait for that because it's been so long. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess so. so what we figured out today is absolutely nothing. Absolutely But we've speculated <laughs> – is that Sam's journey is obviously integral to the storyline, and it could be a parallel of Steve Rogers. It could be something against the government. Um, it could be his story of just learning the Captain America team, or, or, sorry, learning the Captain America lifestyle. And we don't know really who the villain's going to be. How could you right now? But it could be Sharon-led group within the government. It could be AIM. It could be uh, Torres Plus. It could be anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Is the bad, best way to say Yeah, <laughs> Mephisto. Yeah. Um, it could be Mickey Rourke. <laughs> oh, God. Don't do that. <laughs> Mickey Rourke and a fake Mandarin. Oh, How did they get gosh. away with that in the last two Iron That's Man? That's crazy. Um, I mean, his suit was kind of cool. Like the, on the racetrack and everything. But yeah, that was, a, that was a cool scene. It I'll was a cool. That. Yeah, it was a cool scene. Yeah, um, which is what you need. Right, that's all you need. <laughs> but ultimately, in Iron Man, like the bad guy was always like the the businessman, you know. Yeah. Um, similar to Ant Man. But yeah, I don't know. We're we're gonna see. And I guess what what are you most looking forward to from Captain America for knowing absolutely nothing about it? Most looking forward to just uh, seeing Sam's story continued. Like just, I know it sounds really like basic and or whatever, but like, like I said before, like I just want to see his story be unique to what the character they've already built is, and so that that's what I'm most looking forward to is just seeing a continuation of what's been already like laid out for us with the Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, series. My biggest thing I'm looking forward to is not anything in particular. It's that I think after this movie. Sam Wilson's Captain America might be my favorite character. I'm really loving this character. Me too. And that's like super high praise because it would be usurping the previous Captain America, <laughs> who was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved his journey. Um, it's always tough to go against Thor because I think anybody that can't empathize with Thor's character is just like tough, you know? Yeah. Um, not tough in a good way. That's you gotta no. be able to. That man's been through some stuff, 
Um, but Sam Wilson's Captain America seems like all the great parts of Steve Rogers, but with this new age humor and his ability to lead others by just his words and his compassion. Steve always had a knack for that, but it was like, it was just an internal instinct that he kind of had and he didn't know how to fully grasp it until the blip happened and then he became kind of a therapist. Mm. And so, you know, it's interesting. When the blip happened, Chris, Steve, um, became a lot of what we see in Sam Wilson's Captain America. Yeah. Which post blip, as we see, they're super soldiers, yes, but the world's not being attacked by aliens. No. It's more of a real, you know, it was a, a story of tragedy. Mm-hmm. It was a story of pandemic. It was supposed to be. Um, and so Sam Wilson's Captain America, which was more suited to be in the everyday grind, um, is really paying dividends now. And I think as they're trying to rebuild this new world with all these displaced people, there's never been a better time for Sam Wilson to be Captain America. Yeah, I- that's perfectly perfectly put and uh you know the more you said what you said i think one thing i kind of got out of that that made me kind of like my mind kind of go was like thor has kind of become that character a little more for me because as i rewatch the thor movies it's like what like i can empathize with that and kind of and it's obviously it's kind of saying I guess a little bit about me personally, but like yeah. I can relate to that so much. And I think because of that, like Thor is probably honestly should be my, my favorite yeah. of the Marvel heroes for sure. You look like them. You, you, <laughs> you have a lot of similarities to them. Um, your, your family background, your story, like there's things that can hit hard. My and honestly, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd make your dad Odin. So <laughs> yeah, it would too be bad. Cool. <laughs> right. Um, sister Hella. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> um, and then with me, honestly, I've always been drawn to crit. Jesus. Steve Rogers, Steve Rogers, um, empathy. Yeah. I, I love that about his character, but that's also, you. but Sam Wilson, I see it more because it's almost like Sam Wilson would be from where I'm from. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And He's Steve Rogers favorite. was from Brooklyn. Like, I can't relate to a Brooklynite. And at, at his heart, he <laughs> is a Brooklynite. He always says he's the only kid from Brooklyn, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and Sam Wilson seems like he's from, like, a, a suburb, a small town suburb or yeah. something. And he just went through it growing up, and then he signed up to go to the military because he had no other, you know, options. Yeah. And now, through all of his um, expertise and instinct, he's become this this great soldier because he got the stamp of approval from the the golden-hearted man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm seeing even even more closely resembled Captain America to what I've experienced, and you have a lot of similarities with Thor's story. Yeah. And that's. You know, it, I'm, I was going to ask you a few questions at the end here just to get to know us a little bit better, but that's that's a great one is who do you relate to the most? And I think that's that's Easily. probably the two best answers we would give you to is both versions of Captain America for me and Thor. Spencer for uh, Thor. Yeah, for sure. So that's a little insight into our Marvel natures. Um, we're ending our, our major non-major episodes with a few 
questions just to let you guys get to know us a little better as people as always uh if you are here for marvel and you're like i don't care what kind of stuff you like to do i don't that's cool that's with me fine. man yeah. um this is just for anybody who does want to get us to know a little bit better so first question yeah favorite pizza topping favorite pizza topping it could be multiple if you're just you know a normal you know two three whatever it is um mm, it's it's really hard not to be basic and just say pepperoni but at the same time there's a reason it's popular there's a reason yeah it's a reason it's popular but i really thoroughly enjoy actually like jalapeno and pineapple it's it's probably my favorites just the combination of the two because you get like the sweet like savory stuff from the pineapple like with obviously the cheese and sauce right but then you get the kick from the jalapeno and that just like yeah so i was hoping you wouldn't say pineapple because we're now we're gonna tick off like 75 percent of the people (laughs) listening to this i was hoping you would give me a counter here yeah (laughs) because my, my number one topping has become pineapple yeah um if i'm going to add another you know other toppings to it it would be canadian bacon if i'm staying in that day jalapenos (laughs) jalapenos <laughs> yeah. um yeah. but if i'm just getting one topping if that's only you know that's the coupon i got mm-hmm. it's gonna be pineapple i love the acidic oh, if it's just one if it's just one topping oh pineapple pineapple i oh, love the acidic okay. cut through the sauce it's amazing it see that uh, it just gives it a certain je ne sais pineapple <laughs> yeah if it's two toppings then i go jalapeno pineapple but if it's just one topping i have to keep it basic and go pepperoni, pepperoni. okay yeah. I like so, that answer. Uh, yeah, we'll go. We'll go there. So, next one is the first CD you well, first CD you ever bought, bought. or maybe if not bought, Gifted? first CD you ever requested. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with a little bit of both. I don't mind an honorable mention here. Um, so and we'll get to. <laughs> which is kind of cool but we'll get into this in a future episode but uh, like give me the year estimate as well okay um let's see i was probably six or seven and i requested to get a wwe cd purely because i didn't have the titantron playset as a kid <laughs> and we're talking about 1999 ish 99 2000 um I didn't have the Titantron playset as a kid, but I wanted to, like, in my fig fed, I wanted to have the music play while the <laughs> action figures coming down the ramp. So, like, uh, yeah, I, I requested that. But then also, I think the first CD I actually bought with my own, like, allowance money or whatever was uh, some 41, All Killer, No Filler. That was the, that was gonna the be first a, one. And this is why you're Thor. <laughs> because <laughs> there's gonna be a bit of a distinction here yeah for sure so my first one i think i was maybe six or so which was 2000 and uh aaron carter's i want candy was my oh, first cd yeah, it was blue and red and white there was a star i think it was a red star or maybe a white star but i want candy aaron carter the first cd i ever had was nsync no strings attached that was given to me by my brother um 
I I loved my brother had the only music player in the house when I was a little kid. See? So I listened to what he listened to and it was either country music and mostly female and I was just not like I was into it because he was into it. Mm-hmm. But once I started listening to my own stuff, boy bands were where I like started as a little kid. See, that's an that's an awesome response too because that instantly put me back to being 6 or 7 years old in like my own my sisters and what they were listening to like one sister was like really into like corn and tool and uh like godsmack and other things and, and my the, brother was listening to Reba <laughs> McIntyre so that's but, where I'm coming but but, from. but the other sister was listening to Insync and the Backstreet Boys and like all this other stuff so like I had a massive different combination of different things like one minute I'd walk into my house and hear Limp Biscuit and then like the next I'd hear Britney Spears or something so like what a time yeah. for music though really like you know it's crazy 90s. yeah i'm like later in my years i became a rap fan pop fan whatever i i probably know more drake songs than any other like artist of our generation mm. however the two people i know the most songs from are britney spears and shania twain easily yeah because my brother listened to them all the time leanne rhymes would be a close third so I mean, I know country, <laughs> country females yeah. was his genre, and then Britney Spears was everybody's genre in the early two thousands. So. But that speaks a lot of being siblings too, like especially like younger siblings, because it's always like the older siblings kind of influencing that, yeah, in a, in a way, because they get the TV remote and you can't like, you know, you're not big enough to really fight them for it. So like, one of my first major purchases was a boombox. Same. It was blue and black, and I thought it was the coolest looking thing in the world. I think, and mine... it played CDs, and it didn't play cassettes, which was like, it's interesting, pretty cutting edge because yeah. it didn't have a cassette player. Yeah, and yeah. it had radio too. That's also an interesting thing. I remember having a cassette tape of uh, <laughs> Creed's "Human Clay." That was I remember. What is turn into? Yeah, the mobile home podcast. Yeah, mobile home, mobile old home, old home podcast. Yeah, old home podcast. <laughs> yeah, that uh, man. The Back 90s, in my day. Yeah, the nineties, early two thousands. Though Cassettes. that was such an awesome era for music. When I first got a, a PlayStation, we could play Blu-rays. It game changer, oh, right? Dude, game changer. Game changer. Um, <laughs> so my next question was your favorite Pixar movie, and this may show our age as well. We'll see. Like if there's honorable mentions, throw them out. I'm not gonna be a a hater on this one because I have like seven that I cycled through my head. There's too many, man, and they're all worthy of being that. If you're not really. sure, throw some out that you would be in your final. The two, the two that really come to mind. Okay. Second would be Toy Story, but I think number one and the one that really comes to mind for sure is actually ratatouille oh man that's my favorite that's actually. mine no way yeah ah, ratatouille's number on, one man. ratatouille's always been number one man i love ratatouille ratatouille's so good like i don't know we might get some hate for this but like dude, yeah, that's dude, whack, ratatouille. toy story was my number two no way dude get yeah. out of here wow. i love the, the was newest Wally one three wally was up there okay i think it was like six or so okay um soul moved into my top five oh, yeah. i watched soul and had me like reevaluating my life that pixar movie's never really done that for me yeah um the original incredibles when it first came out oh dude that's so good that's got to be either three or four right um oh man 
There's some great ones. I think A Bug's Life is Pixar as well. I yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think that'd be five for me because I watched it so much. A Bug's Life was awesome. And then I think Up would be three. Up would definitely be so up there. <laughs> it is. But yeah, it definitely is for sure. And that's because, shout out to Mr. Apple, my accounting teacher in high school. We oh. watched Up like 12 times. <laughs> Anytime we had a free day, he was like, let's watch a movie. Oh, you guys can't decide? We're watching Up. Oh, Take wow. like five seconds. So I loved Up. Yeah, so I guess my top five is Ratatouille, Toy Story, Up, A Bug's Life, and Soul. Wow. I guess mine would be um, Ratatouille, Toys R Us. Or Toys R Us. <laughs> uh, Toy Story. <laughs> Might as well be a movie. It's a memory. <laughs> yeah. Go yeah. home. Toys, uh, Toy Story. Uh, that's the good thing, though. That's the good question. One, two, or three? Three was the best movie, in my opinion, but one is always just the classic for me. One is the classic. I had a video game based on one, too, so that helps. Yeah, one was the classic for sure. I don't think two gets enough recognition. Two is really good. It's two underrated. Is, two is super um, underrated. I don't know if it's as good as one or three. Mm-hmm. By the way, four was amazing, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people thought it wasn't necessary. Eh, I kind of agree, but it's a good yes. story, and it brought us back Bo Peep. Spoiler. Right. <laughs> how, how could it possibly be a spoiler, though, dude? It's been out for I don't know. I think a lot of people got tired of it. And didn't see the fourth. Yeah. But it was really possible. good. Yeah. But, uh, it was really good. Yeah, I think two's criminally underrated. Zerg. I mean, Zerg's a classic character. Zerg's a classic character. You get, like, Woody backstory, which is, like, you didn't need, you didn't know you needed that until yeah, you, you get actually all the, saw it. Yeah, you get the characters from maybe, the original Woody franchise. Maybe the most Jesse. satisfying scene in, like, cinematic history Bullseye. is the old man, like, fixing Woody. Yeah, it's great. Like scene. that is maybe the coolest, and most satisfying scene great ever. Scene. And he gets awesome. a short later on. Yeah. Yeah, that, so that cool. movie's good. Um Toy Story Three, I think, was the most complete, well done film they've ever done in Pixar. For sure. Um Soul hit me so hard though. It's amazing. Soul. To get into a top five of Pixar is very hard. Yeah. So I guess Wally would be sixth at that point. But I'm probably missing something that's like the top three. I don't know. But uh I guess we'll we'll finish this off with your favorite Disney movie. Mm. Man. I'll go first. Okay. Aladdin. The original 90s Aladdin. Um, many reasons. Uh, Robin Williams' Genie was fantastic. Uh, the soundtrack was amazing. There was a great video game um, that went along with it that I had on, I believe, Sega Genesis. And it was so much fun. And uh, I was young, so it has nostalgia points. I, uh, it was short enough <laughs> to where I can always go back and watch it, almost like reading a quick Magic Treehouse book. It just takes you like an hour and 15 minutes, and you get to watch it. And then when I, re- when I watched the new one, the live-action version, it brought me back to why I loved the first one in the first place. And I did love the new one as well, so that... That's nice uh, that they were able to recapture some of my childhood memories with it. But Lion King would be second. Fun fact, I was born the same year Lion King came out, 1994. Yeah. Uh, but Aladdin does take the cake, and uh, I just loved it. I loved it. This is tough, man. This is tough. A few come to mind. Like right oh, off I mean, it's Disney. Yeah. Uh, there's three, Endgame. actually. There's Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, if we're going that route, <laughs> yeah, right. if, if we're going that route, my favorite Disney movie Disney might be Animation Studios. Might be Revenge of the Sith. Um, yeah. But uh, I think um, as far as Disney movies are concerned, there's three that really pop out to me, and I have my own reasons for them. But like Cinderella, actually, it's like yeah, that's a good one. The original Cinderella. The, um, I watched that a lot when I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. Good one. Uh, and actually, James and the Giant Peach. Never That's, a fan. I I have. I know for, a lot of people that love it, I, and I don't know that I really love it. I just have so much like memory attached to it for some reason because I, well, obviously, and it was one of the VHS tapes that I had, which once again dating, but like dating ourselves, but like yeah, uh, VHS. Yeah, um, James and the Giant Peach for sure would be in there. My third and my most watched of anything, The Jungle Book. Of anything, the the nineteen what seventies version, I think. Um, most watched Disney movie uh, is The Jungle Book for me. I, I've watched it more mm-hmm. than Aladdin and more than Lion King, and this is because when I went to my dad's house uh, when I was a little kid, that was the only movie I had there. Mm. It was on VHS, and so I'd always play it. And uh, and that was when I was like, I mean, you know me, I watch a lot of like younger movie stuff mm-hmm. um, in general, but that was when I was like between nine and 14 i just watched the jungle book because i I just enjoyed it yeah so that would definitely be number three for me cinderella the reason that i say cinderella and and for for those reasons is is because like my niece my youngest niece actually um i kind of helped raise her and like so when she was around the age of like four or five years old like watching cartoons with her was like a huge deal and she would always want to watch Cinderella and it's probably why Ratatouille is my number one Pixar is because we watched that a lot too so I have like memories with her uh watching those movies for sure see my sister the only movie she'd ever watch literally was the Polar Express that's it really she watched it so much it's my favorite Christmas movie and maybe that has something to do with it Oh, that's your favorite Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. that's a whole other question. Yeah, we didn't get that. We, we didn't get that. That's there. another day. That's another day. Because um, I've got something completely different. <laughs> that works. We'll save uh, it. We'll save it. Yeah. But yeah, Polar Express is great. Um, I, I could throw some honorable mentions, but I'm going to give you one thing here. Most overrated, easy one for me, and that is Alice in Wonderland. I hate Alice in Wonderland. It's horrible. Oh. You ever watched it as an adult? Gee. It's like watching Space Jam as, as an adult and you realize how poorly it was made. It's so boring. You I cannot get Alice through in Alice in Wonderland, Wonderland next week and tell me you enjoyed it. <laughs> I love Alice in When's Wonderland. When's the last time you watched it? Uh, a few years ago. No way did you enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. How do I ask this? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a yes or no? What? Did you enjoy it under normal circumstances? Yeah, yes okay yes fair enough yeah yeah i, I don't that's know that's a man. good question but yes I, I just don't get it because when i watched it as a kid i liked it and then i watched it as an adult and i'm like what is this it is kind of awkward and weird but i think that's the intention it's so weird um it's a little too weird for me yeah maybe that's all yeah well, but contrast i like weird things i like things like uh like Not music big into weird like uh i love music that's like not mainstream and i like radio yeah <laughs> so, yeah so i guess that's a that's a telling it makes thing. sense yeah and sure. that's why i'm captain america and, <laughs> and, that's why I'm Thor. 
<laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, thank you everybody for joining us today. We will have some new episodes coming your way very soon. We are uploading at this point two per week. We are trying to upload every Friday and every Tuesday, if not Monday. So uh, we will keep to that schedule for you as best as we possibly can. We will update you with new stuff coming out. Be on the lookout. I will be releasing the final four for the Marvel Madness on Saturday, May 1st. So I'm super excited. We're down to the final four uh, movies and it's an Avengers showcase. So we'll see who can pull off the big W. Uh, as I said before, thank you for joining us. Uh, give us a like, subscribe, leave us a review if you could. Uh, we really appreciate your support. Uh, Spencer, any final thoughts? I'm just really enjoying this, man. This is so much fun. And to be able to interact with people on the Facebook page and everything. Uh, you know, we did the Q&A episode, which was awesome. Uh, and just to be able to engage with our fans. It's the best. It's it's the it's the best thing in the world because like like you said you know we, we you know you you do like a lot of work and stuff like that and like we come home you you come home and maybe you're thinking about the episode coming up next or uh or, or whatever and like it's it's those little moments that kind of like get you through the week yeah and like i got a message from a fan yesterday uh saying how much she enjoyed the podcast i'm like you don't know how much that means that means so one time so much man if it's just one person listening to this podcast like all the way through yeah genuinely like (laughs) yeah dude that's all that matters man like it's such a big deal and to like to have already getting got to like this place where we can do a q a episode and like actually so cool you know oh man so thankful so appreciative Thanks for joining us today. We will catch you soon. Peace.